Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with another mock draft. Today, we're going to be kind of dueling strategies for you. Uh, the, the typical strategies that everyone knows, zero running back or zero wide receiver. What, what's better? What, how does your team look when you use each one? Uh, so me and Danny are running a, a single quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, single tight end, um, two flex spots, eight bench spots. We're going to be running both of these strategies from, strategies? Strategies from the eight and the nine slot. Uh, Danny, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. And again, I will say this a lot over the stretch as you guys are preparing for your drafts. But this is, this is something just to kind of give you a visual representation of how your teams would look. In reality, you don't want to just stick to a pre-draft, preconceived plan of, oh, I'm not taking a running back to the fifth round. I'm not taking a receiver to the fifth round. It's plain and simple. In fantasy football, you have to draft based on your tiers, based on the value that you have for players. Always depends what draft slot you are picking from. Don't just say right away, oh, I'm taking a running back in the second round at the 212 because realistically those top 14 running backs after that i'm not taking any of those guys in the second round plain and simple so it all depends where you were picking and who's available that slot i wouldn't stick into an exact strategy like a la zero rb zero wide receiver but as you guys will see today if you were to see stick into one of those plans kind of how those teams would end up as Corey is actually going to be going with the zero running back strategy, I'll be going with zero wide receiver and we're actually picking back to back at the eight and nine. So it should be interesting for you guys to watch today. Awesome. So we'll get into the draft here. Before we do that though, hit the intro. So the draft's going to be starting here in a couple couple seconds. I'm looking um, I, in terms of – I'll go first since I'm the – or no, you pick before yep. I do. I pick You're, first, yeah. Yeah, who are you going to be looking at at running back at the eighth slot? So looking at running back, uh, I mean, it all depends according to my rankings. But uh, say the top six or seven names go off, I'm thinking about either getting a, a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or an Austin Eckler at that slot. So we'll see who does fall. But we see Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Zico Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Derek Henry, and Dalvin Cook all go off the board. A pretty standard start to uh, a lot of your drafts for this year. And as I mentioned, at the 108 slot, it is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for me. A little, little backstory, a little background for you guys on why I am all in on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Again, my my guy for this upcoming season. He is currently my RB5 in half and full PPR. And plain and simple, I've broken it down. You guys can go check out that video. But... His floor is basically what Damian Williams did. And what Damian Williams did in the 50% or more snap share uh, in the games he played last year, seven games, he was the RB10 on points per game at 17.2. I do think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to figure into that Kareem Hunt 60 to 75% uh, percent snap range, which we saw from him. He was the RB4 in that stretch. So I'm perfectly fine. 14 touchdowns, 11 games when we did see Kareem Hunt with Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs. So I'll take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here and not worry about it. Cool. Um, if this is the first video you're seeing of ours, you probably haven't seen our top 20 wide receiver rankings. I encourage you to go check out all of our rankings videos. If you have a draft coming up and you're just kind of getting back into fantasy, but the, our top four receivers, as we see it are Devonte Adams, which we both agree is the number one receiver. Then um, uh, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Tyree kill. Basically what separates Devonte Adams for both of us is the fact that he has the target volume of someone like um, Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, but he also has the touchdown upside of someone like Tyreek Hill. So Devontae Adams, to me, he's the best of both worlds. He's the guy I'm going to be going with at the 109. 
he's really the only guy maybe I don't know he's really the only receiver I consider in the first round to be honest like I know Michael Thomas is considered a value if he slips to like the 112 but I don't really want to pick him there unless the running back um options are like Nick Chubb and like a bunch of guys that I just wouldn't feel comfortable picking that early uh, 100% agree too. So Corey, can you actually put on the draft board, just give the viewers a, a look at what's going uh, on? Yep, for sure. Yeah, perfect. I, am, uh, I think this is going to be a very yeah. obvious pick for people who know me. Yeah. I'm going with Chris Godwin all day. Yeah. Um, I think there's a huge, huge teardrop after Chris Godwin um, in terms of, uh, or actually Chris Godwin, D- DJ Moore, pretty similar. But after that, yeah. when you get into guys like Kenny Galladay, uh, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, like, I do think there is a pretty significant teardrop with those guys. So I'm, I'm happy to lock up two of my top uh, six receivers there. Yeah, I fully agree there. And as you mentioned, uh, after you took Devontae Adams, we did see Joe Mixon, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chris Godwin go now. Talking about the main like oddity of that is Patrick Mahomes going in the first round. You're going to probably see this in a lot of your home leagues. And we advocate where don't consider them to at, at least the third round. And that all depends on how your roster is constructing who's on the board. I view both him and Lamar Jackson as mid third round type values. But again, if you're picking out the one slot and you don't see running backs available, I don't mind pulling your team with one of those. Yeah. Guys. I'm, yeah, I'm willing to take Lamar at the turn. Uh, yeah. The second three, ter- uh, the two, three turn. If like Chris Godwin and, and Deandre Hopkins and, and those guys are gone off the board and you're looking at like DJ Moore and, and like, running back wise looking like Todd Gurley and shit. Like I'm, I'm definitely okay taking Lamar Jackson and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle as well over those guys. For sure. And uh, as we actually mentioned uh, before, when I took Clyde Richard-Lair, it was between him Holy and this guy. Receivers. I went with Austin Eckler and now touching upon Austin Eckler. He's both of our RB six in PPR. I believe he's your six and a half. He's my seven and a half. I mean, we're all in on this guy plain and simple. He is going to be an absolute stud for this year. You guys can watch multiple videos of us basically talking about this guy and talking him up because there's people in the fantasy industry who simply are completely disrespectful on him. So uh, you guys can check that out, but looking at the board that's available uh, again, I'm sticking to those zero wide receivers. So are there any running backs? I could take a, a Jonathan Taylor as well, but I might see if he, uh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. I do have those two studs in front of him. I can't afford to wait on him. Ultimately uh, taking that Nick Chubb type path really elevating his game. But I, I think the, the, the kind of range for me is like week four on. So if he's doing that and he's able to provide you consistent production there on, I do think he's going to be incredible for the rest of the season. So I uh, definitely like Jonathan Taylor there, especially as the RB three off the board for me. All right, everyone say it with me. Who are we picking here? DJ Moore. Pretty Crazy. fucking obvious. I said, I got two of my top six receivers. Well, now I have three of my top seven receivers. So um dj moore if you're if you're doing a zero wide receiver or zero running back strategy which i don't recommend you do getting the three studs like this is definitely how you would want to start that strategy should you actually choose to implement it because i mean these guys are as safe as it comes like in terms of volume like the 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 three guys i have here are all going to get 150 targets or more for sure fully agree there and speaking of 150 targets or more You know what? I'm low key. I might pick Mark Andrews here. I think I'm, ah, no, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to. I, I'm going to go. I like the upside and I'm got, I kind of have a whole like target volume team right now. So I'm going to go with DJ Chark because I think TJ Chark has just as much target upside as any of these guys, maybe not Devontae Adams, but the other two guys, I think, DJ Chark could out-target DJ Moore or Chris Godwin. I think he's legitimately in line for that much volume. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a beast this year. Uh, we, we both love DJ. Especially Jones, with Fournette being released today. Oh. I think the offense is going to be inefficient, to say the least, from a rushing perspective. It was going to be anyway because Leonard Fournette was there. But um, even more so, they have even more reason to throw the ball this year. Fully agree. Now, I was holding my breath. Once, as soon as you mentioned Mark Andrews' name, I'm like, please don't pick him. Please don't pick him. Please don't pick him. And thankfully, you did it because that makes my life a lot easier. Again, uh, it's kind of overkill if I do take a fourth running back here, in my opinion. So if I'm going to stick to the zero wide receiver theme, I'm going to take my tight end three, a guy who, in my opinion, is pretty much a lock for another eight-plus touchdown here, especially with the high, higher target share this year in uh, or a higher target total in Baltimore for this year. So uh, I'll take Mark Andrews. You guys can check out our tight end rankings, but basically I talked about this guy. I basically said, well, last year he only played on 44% of the snaps, yet his target share was at 24%, which is just insane, especially for a second-year uh, tight end to garner that much. And you're going to take Mark Ingram as I the zero. I was going to take Mark Ingram. Oh, that's tough. Uh, but going into the uh, uh, zero wide receiver theme here, I'm going to be taking my wide receiver one here. And uh, really a lot of the options on the board – uh, just got sniped in front of me. You see that massive wide receiver run. Like I never even see Michael Gallup go in the fifth round. Surely he go. Surely he goes in the fifth round when I'm picking. But anyways, uh, uh, I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm gonna take Stefan Diggs here. Again, he profiles uh, most for the one spot in my opinion, and I can still get guys like Tyler Boyd, Marquise Brown, uh, Julian Edelman on the turn. So I'm gonna stick with uh, Stefan Diggs here. Again, if Jarvis Landry, uh, if this was a full PPR, Jarvis Landry would garner a lot more attention for me but in the half ppr uh drop that we're in right now i will take stefan diggs uh take him here in the fifth round yeah i don't hate that strategy if you're going to use like a heavy running back strategy at the beginning i don't hate getting guys that are kind of safer like that like jarvis landry yeah. julius uh, julian edelman tyler boyd like those kind of guys i don't mind that and typically the way i build receiver cores is i go for upside all the time because i think yeah. receiver volatility is pre- like is, is evident in any level of receiver, like Chris Godwin's going to have down games. Like, yeah, like Plain and simple. It's, it's a, it's a lie that the receiver position is more consistent than the running back position. It's not, it's, it's the running backs are more consistent. So uh, into my first running back selection of the draft, everyone knows where I'm going. I'm picking <laughs> Ronald Jones. The only guy I would have picked over him at this point in the draft was Mark Ingram. And he got sniped two picks before me. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely tough there. Again, uh, a guy like Ronald Jones, plenty of upside there, especially at the five Oh nine. I have seen his ADP validly being going up the past month or so. And that's valid. I mean, he was going, I remember we were talking about value uh, of picks. I think we did our value uh, values of the draft about a month ago. And we're talking about this guy's like a seventh, eighth round pick. And now he's going in the fifth, sixth. And that just shows that people are starting to catch up with the fact that Ronald Jones is going to be the lead back for the Tampa Bay offense. I mean, plain and simple. We've talked about Keisha Mon. He's a cut candidate at this point. Yeah. And Rojo has big play upside. He has a chance to garner the receiving role. He's not necessarily locked into that, but even if he doesn't garner the receiving role, he's going to have the primary share of goal line opportunities in a great offense. So I think his floor is an RB2. Like, I, like I don't think he's going to finish much lower than that. And uh, speaking of a guy whose floor is an RB2, at least as it looks right now, hopefully they don't sign Leonard Fournette because I did see that rumor floated around. I'm taking Cam Akers here with, uh, okay. as my second running back. I know it's kind of risky to take him as my RB2, but again, I'm doing a zero wide receiver stra- or a zero running back strategy. And I'm not one to take Tariq Cohen or James White in a zero uh, running back strategy. I'm taking guys like this, guys who can become RB1s, RB2s for me. Yeah, I fully agree there. I definitely like that pick. 
And uh, looking at the board here, there's a kind, of, kind of a bunch of receivers in the same range for me. So uh, hopefully I can just pair two of them and not worry about the rest. Again, half PPR. So uh, if it was a full PPR, Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman would be at the top of my board. But in I the half PPR. Edelman here, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, looking at it, I was thinking, yeah, you know what? I'm still probably going to take Edelman. I was considering Tyler Boyd. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think Edelman's still probably going to be the pick here, even if. Because he was the wide receiver seven in full PPR. I believe if you garner that down to half, he was still a top 12 wide receiver for you last year. He's the only one that uh, Cam Newton can really trust on that team, in my opinion, uh, other than James White. So uh, definitely going to be a uh, huge factor for them this year. And I'm actually back on the clock here, looking at the board. Could take another running back. I mean, I'm definitely going to take another running back. Freaking DeAndre Swift no. is still available in the seventh round. Damn it. I'm gonna t- he's my my guy. I'm taking that I all know, day. I wanted like, him. Plain and simple, RB4 in the seventh round is just insanity. The fact that they let him fall, that's unfortunate. At least, at least you still got James White. Yeah, James White's who I'm looking at right now. I, I'm i kind of warming up on Philip Lindsay, man. Like, like yeah. all I'm hearing out of – uh, all everyone's hearing really out of Denver Broncos camp is that they don't have a starter. There's no one set in stone. And I like Melvin Gordon still, but I do think Philip Lindsay's going to be involved. I am going to pick James White though. Cause I do think, uh, I mean the, the Patriots backfield is a fucking mess, but the guy that has the most solidified role is James White. And James White is probably going to be the number two pass catching option. Maybe Nikhil Harry takes a step forward, but if he doesn't, it's going to be Julian Edelman and the James White show. Like it's always been for the last fucking six years of the Patriots offense. Yeah, I fully agree there. That was definitely a good pick. I uh, definitely like James White. He's a sneaky, under-the-radar flex play for everybody this year. Nobody acknowledges actually how consistent he is. He is one of the best receiving backs in the entire NFL. And plain and simple, looking at the lack of targets other than Edelman on the packs, I mean, we saw what Cam Newton was able to do with a good receiving back in Carolina when he got Cam, uh, Christian McCaffrey. So I do think James White could be a safety valve for him, especially in his uh, inexperience in the Pats system. So I definitely like that pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hayden Hurst here. I was going to go Good with Philip Lindsay, but um, I kind of realized Philip Lindsay and all these other guys are kind of in a similar range for me. And I think Hayden Hurst is a tear break in terms of the tight end position. Agreed. Obviously not from Johnny Smith, but I don't, I can't take Johnny Smith in every single draft, even though I will in real life. But yeah. um, yeah. I don't know why I said, oh, I have, I have Mark Andrews, but yeah, no, great pick. Uh, again, both of our tight end six. If you guys want to see value in drafts, you're getting our overall tight end six ranks. You can check out our tight end ranks. Again, little quick uh, shameless plug. Uh, and Hayden Hurst is just a guy who's going to figure into so much volume. Rave reviews coming out of camp. Matt Ryan has really been uh, saying that he trusts this guy as a uh, huge piece of the offense. So we're all in on Hayden Hurst. Plain and simple, you guys want to check out more. He is on the my guys. He is one of my my guys. The other one, oddly enough, was the guy you mentioned in Johnny Smith. But let's segue back into the draft mode. And I'm actually going to take Deontay Johnson here. It's kind of a tier breakout wide receiver, in my opinion, after him. And I do think he's got a lot of potential with Big Ben returning uh, as the wide receiver too for that team. So I definitely like taking Deontay Johnson there. Good low value in the eighth round, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and uh, there's interestingly enough, man, like I've heard Juju isn't looking good apparently like he apparently he's not playing well like um uh, the whoever the Steelers athletic reporter is wrote an article saying like he's like a biggest like the biggest loser in camp or some shit like in a winners and losers article so like apparently he's not looking good and it's apparently not injury related either apparently like Chase Claypool and 
Deontay Johnson and James Washington are impressing them so much that Juju just looks not as good by comparison, which is like not good news to hear for a yeah. Juju stan like myself. Definitely not good news. I mean, we we do love uh, Juju as a talent, but man, like if that's the report you're hearing, you just got to be fluid in fantasy football and being able to adjust on the fly. Yeah, and bad news is so. more is more predictive than good news at this time because everyone's getting good news, right? When you hear bad news right now, that's not good. 100%. So as we kind of see a little bit of a quarterback run, I am going to lock up my guy and it's going to hurt you, Bush, but it's going to be your Tampa Bay great himself and Tom Brady. Quarterback, so it's all good. Uh, just going to lock him up because I do see kind of a, after him and Stafford, a little bit of a value drop in my opinion. Yep. It's going to lock him up. Definitely don't hate that. Uh, there's a lot of running backs on the board. I do want to get some more running back depth here. I am going to go... Man, I'm caught between two guys right now. I think and I'm going to go with – Coleman and Moss? No, I'm actually oh. caught between Latavius Murray and Antonio Gibson. Oh, wow. The Alvin okay. Kamara news coming out that Alvin Kamara might hold out. Latavius Murray, this is the range where I'm, I'm, want, I'm willing to pick him in the ninth round. But I, I think I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson just because his – I don't think his requires injury or a holdout to be – um, to be valuable in fantasy this year. I think he can work himself. Ew, Keyshawn Vaughn at the 9-10. Yuck. I think he can work himself into a pass-catching role very early on in the season. And speaking of uh, working himself into a role, I'm, I'm just going to go straight upside. I'm going to take fucking Reichwell Armstead too because Leonard Fournette, as we're recording this today, uh, uh, Monday, um, Leonard Fournette just got released. And Reichwell Armstead is currently the, the back to own, in my opinion there. I know some people He's... are a little bit more on Chris Thompson and stuff, but – Chris Thompson can't stay healthy and yeah. Rayquell Armstead actually showed some ability in the passing game, unlike Leonard Fournette last year. So I yeah. do think he can actually command a, a, like a, a target share himself. It's not just going to be a fucking, like, he's not just a two down banger. He can actually catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, talk about Rayquell Armstead. I don't understand why people all over Philly, uh, fancy Twitter, they're like, Oh, you know, what's the back to own in Jacksonville? None is the answer. Because honestly, like when I actually like was evaluating Rykel Armstead coming out of school, I thought he was a pretty good running back, to be quite honest. And the fact that they got him in the fifth round, like I did think that was a value at the time because I viewed him as more of like a day two, a late day two, early day three type pick. So I'm going to make my pick and then go more in depth with him. But uh, knowing that I kind of skipped out on wide receiver, I'm going to take the safe option in uh, Golden Tate. So uh, definitely don't mind that. Uh, but yeah, speaking about that, I mean, Raquel Armstead is a talented back. I mean, he plays, he's not just a Jag, even though he plays for the Jags. Like, I think he's a solid back. He could earn a decent role, a decent chunk of the overall volume on that team. So I think they, they're excited to be able to use him. They wouldn't just have cut Leonard Fournette a week before the season if they didn't feel like they had sufficient uh, depth at the position with him, with Thompson, with Divino Zigbo. So. Uh, definitely am. Uh, if you can get him out of value, I think he's actually a sneaky value to be quite honest. Now I'm not advocating for taking him inside the first seven rounds as you were, you're taking Leonard Ford in the third, but if you can get him in the 10th round, as you like your RB4, RB5, like yeah. any day, but, uh, going back on the clock here, uh, as my wide receiver five, this is a guy that's screaming to me, especially after the Jalen Reger news. I mean, this is a guy plain and simple first two, three weeks of the season, especially when Reger's out, should be absolutely dominant. And uh, I'm going to take Deshaun Jackson. Again, the Redskin killer himself. He's going to be playing the Redskins week one. I could flex him right as week one and feel confident in him in my lineup. So take him in the 11th round, especially with the Reger news, I think is good value on him. Yeah, I have a tier break at quarterback here with Matthew Stafford still on the board. So that's kind of intriguing. I don't get a lot of Matthew Stafford this year. It's not that I don't like Matthew Stafford. I just... I don't know why, just in the range where he's going, I prefer Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees to him. So 
Alex Madison's kind of screaming at me too. Oh, I'm yeah. going to take Alexander Madison because my running back core is like just straight upside and James White's my only safe guy. And I'm probably, I'm not going to take a running back for the rest of the draft, but I think between the three guys or the six guys that I have, I can piece together two like RB2 type running backs. Um, and agree. obviously my team's going to get carried by the, the, the top three receiver or top four receivers that I have. So, I mean, um, when talking about Alex Madison, plain and simple, I mean, you want to take stock into when you hear pertinent people talking about situations, especially with people with insider knowledge. Uh, and when Adam Schefter specifically said, if Dalvin Cook is not signed to a long-term contract prior to the season, it would give him worry with taking him in fantasy. That is big news because Adam Schefter has all of the knowledge on what is going on in the inner workings of the NFL. So plain and simple, getting a guy like Alex Madison, especially if you have Dalvin Cook, I think is crucial at this current point. So keep your eyes on that as the season uh, or the off season where it on, but I'm not going to cut more into your pick. You can make your pick before the yeah. time runs. So again, Matthew Stafford, like I said, I'm going with Matthew Stafford. He's a tier break for me at the quarterback position. I have him in the same tier as guys like, yeah, I got a steal apparently. Nice. Um, <laughs> I have him in the same tier as guys like Tom Brady, Matt uh, Ryan, Drew Brees, um, actually Gardner Minshew in that tier as well, but I can't pick him in every draft either, even though he's my, my guy at the quarterback position, but yeah, Matthew Stafford, high pass volume, great weapons. He, he was playing out of his mind before he, he, before he went down for injury. So don't forget about Matthew Stafford. I know maybe the more casual player just like kind of forgot about Matthew Stafford because he missed like eight, nine weeks of the season, but he had, he was playing incredible before that happened. Yeah, I fully agree. And now the experts are telling me to pick Aaron Rodgers, and you guys are going to see in the video later this week why I'm not going to do that whatsoever. But I'm going to take Boston Scott here. Again, I think I do think he has standalone value as a, an efficient goal line runner, could chip into that role, as well as getting uh, passes out of the backfield. Just talked about how decimated the Philadelphia wep uh, weapons are going into the season. And we're still talking about it, but, man, if Miles Sanders is still banged up entering the season, I do think Boston Scott, while he may not be a quote-unquote bell cow, I do think he can give you some valuable touches in both the receiving game and, as we saw at the end of last year, although he's small, he was a really efficient goal line runner. He was one of the most uh, highest-graded goal line runners, according to Sharp Football Stats. So uh, definitely a good value there, in my opinion, in the 12th round, especially given the status of Miles Sanders. But going back on the clock here, now – if this guy was fully healthy, I would be taking Justin Jackson here. But, again, this guy has a foot injury. Don't know what's going to happen. I do think, although I love Austin Eckler, plain and simple, there's still going to be work uh, available for a guy like Justin Jackson. I don't believe in Josh Kelly whatsoever. I mean, he is Jamal Williams 2.0 to me, plain and simple. But, uh, obviously, with that, I, I'm not going to take him. Looking at the board here, though, uh, this is one guy who also – benefited heavily from the Leonard Fournette news. We talked about it with DJ Chark, but man, LaVisca Chanel is going to get so much work, plain and simple. I mean, I think he's going to be one of the, he's going to break, like he's going to have a really good year, especially as a rookie this year. One of the most dynamic talents after the catch in the whole rookie class. That's definitely something the Jaguars will need, especially given the uncertainties in their backfield. Yeah. Imagine thinking I wasn't going to pick Johnny Smith. Like I have to, like, yeah. How the Pretty hell simple. is he on the board in the 13th round? That's uh, actually disgusting to me that the fact that he's – again, I'm going to own him in every league. Like, I don't care that I have 100% exposure to him because he's a 13th round pick. If he was a 5th yeah. round pick, I wouldn't own him in every league. But this dude is a top 7 tight end for me. He's if top I care eight for him me. and Hayden Hurst yeah. in every league, I don't care because I did it last year with Austin Hooper and Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. And literally all three of those guys became every week starters. Not saying all three of, or both Hayden Hurst and Johnny Smith are going to be, but I guarantee one of them will be, in my opinion. So 
I, I don't hate having that happen at all. So at the running back position, I'm still going upside. Uh, ugh, do I go wide receiver? I think, no, I can't. I, I'm not going to start any of these guys over fucking the four guys that I have. So I'm going to go with Anthony McFarland Jr. I think he has the most upside of anyone left on the board currently. Like he said about Josh Kelly, I think he's fucking hot trash and he's not going to yeah. even see the field because Justin Jackson's way better than him. Agreed. So yeah, Anthony McFarland, I think he's, I think the Steelers have a role for him. I think he can exist with James Conner on the field. Obviously, if anything happens to James Conner, he should see a bit of an uptick. I don't think he's a direct handcuff. I think Benny Snell will be likely involved in that case. But yeah, Anthony McFarland in the 14th round, it's a dart throw. If he's not used, you just drop him after week one. Fully agree there. And uh, I'm back on the clock here and I'm looking at guys that I have touted a lot on the channel as a potential sleeper, given that they don't have anything else going in that passing game. I'm going to take Steven Sims Jr. from the Washington Redskins. I do think in the 14th round, he can provide you some sneaky wide receiver three, wide receiver four type upside. Uh, given that other than Terry McLaurin, you don't know what's going to happen in that Redskins passing game. And I do think Steven Sims does have the inside track to be the wide receiver two on the team. Finished strong, 20 receptions, 230 yards, and four touchdowns in the final four ah, games shit. of the season. I was going to take Jeremy McKinnon next yeah, time, too. Yeah, I know. I was hoping yeah. he got back to me. I was hoping. Yeah, I was hoping, too. He was low down. I'm like, okay, you ah. know what? Yeah, I was going to take him or Minshew. Uh, anyways, yeah, I was going to take Jeremy McKinnon or Gardner Minshew, and both of them got sniped. The fact that we had the same reaction of the two same players, you know, you people know that we're on board. But uh, I'm actually going to take uh, Bryce Love here. I do think he is the back on the board with the most upside, in my opinion, and take him in the 15th round, plain and simple. I did like this guy. I thought he was a really good talent coming out of college. Obviously, he had the knee injury, which got him the fault of the fourth round. But if he is healthy and if he's able to garner a role, I don't think he's going to be a every-week starter at the beginning of the season. I do think AP is going to supplement that role. But as we move on, if we can kind of see the team uh, shift to a younger backfield than him and Gibson – Later on in the portion of the year, I do think Bryce Love could earn the role. Again, this is the fourth or 15th round. You're taking an upside play, and I do think if Bryce Love does get the amount of touches necessary, he can supplement an incredible value. So uh, I will take Bryce Love here. All right. I Because I have the receivers that I have, I have uh, Adams, Godwin, Moore, and Shark. There's like I, The only way I'm going to be starting guys over those dudes is if they absolutely bust the fuck out, right? So – Brandon Ayuk to me is the guy on the board right now that can do that just based on the situation around him. Because I mean, if Debo Samuel gets rushed back and re-injures whatever he's dealing with his foot or whatever, Brandon Ayuk could be in line for like a number two uh, passing option role in that offense. And statistically speaking, I've mentioned this for other teams, the Niners are potentially going to regress positively in terms of pass attempts because they ran the ball in an ordinate amount of times last year. If you discount Lamar Jackson's carries from the Ravens, they ran the ball, they ran the ball more than Baltimore did. So I, I don't think there's going to be nearly the amount of rush attempts that the 49ers had last year. I don't think their defense is, is going to be the same. I don't think the rushing attack is going to be as effective. I think they're going to be forced to throw the ball a bit more. And I think Brandon Ayuk, if Debo Samuel is unable to come back healthy or comes back too soon or whatever, is going to be the primary beneficiary of that. And I'm going to go with – oh, Baker just got picked, didn't he? Shit. Um <laughs> I'm going to go – I need a second quarterback here. Daniel Jones has a bad uh, schedule to start the season, but I do believe in his outlook this year. So I'm going to pick Daniel Jones and pair him with Matthew Stafford in my last round. I can use Matthew Stafford for the first couple of weeks, and then I, I, I'm hoping on the Daniel Jones breakout kind of towards week six on. For sure, for sure. And as you mentioned, quote, break, breakout, we mentioned guys like Johnny Smith, Hayden Hurst. We talked about this guy a lot on the channel as well as a potential steal later in the draft, but – 
I do have Mark Andrews, but I mean, if Chris Herndon is going to be looking at me at the board, or uh, looking at me on the board in the 16th round, I'll take him there any day of the week because playing simple, that's straight value. Again, this is a guy who, as we've mentioned with the Jets, all those fucking weapons are completely unproven aside from maybe Jamison Crowder. It's, it's they don't, laughable to actually call them it, weapons. Literally. I mean, we do like Rashad Perriman's potential, but he hasn't proven anything other than He's a five-game stretch. He's hurt. Yeah, plain and simple. So Chris Herndon, a lot of positive reports with his rapport with Sam Darnold in training camp. I really think he could have a breakout type season, as we saw from, as we've mentioned multiple times, a guy like Darren Waller in the past. So. I'm, I'm going to go in depth on Chris Herndon in um, uh, Friday's video, I believe, when I do the top Before. 10 sleepers video is when I'm going to go in depth on him. So I got a great grade because my team's awesome. Um, <laughs> my grade wasn't too great. I guess they don't like uh, wide receiver zero. No, uh, they do not. Apparently, I came in. Apparently, they they give me in the second place. I actually do like this team for a zero running back stra- uh, strategy. This team did turn out very well. I don't think you're gonna get um, DJ Moore very often where I got him, but I think he yeah. made that kind of possible. Get out of here. Um, yeah, I got the same thing. Yeah, so uh, I'll run through my team real quick. At quarterback, I got Matthew Stafford. My running backs are obviously very shaky because I went zero zero running back. But I think between the six or seven running backs I have, I can piece together two weekly startable options at some point. A couple guys break out, a couple guys bust. You drop some guys. Either way, Cam Akers, Ronald Jones are my top two running backs. I really believe in those guys' opportunity this year. Um, I actually ironically compared them to each other in college. Uh, Cam Akers <laughs> coming out. I compared him to Ronald Jones. So Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin, those are as studly as you get at the top two receiver spots. Um, Hayden Hurst is a great tight end uh, for me to kind of start my roster out with. And then the two DJs in my flex spot, uh, James White, Reichel Armstead, Antonio Gibson, just a lot of upside on the bench there. Daniel Jones and Johnny Smith at the, the onesie positions I got a lot of upside with. And then Alex Madison, Brandon Ayuk, and Anthony McFarlane, just, just upside out the wazoo. A couple of those guys will probably have, end up being dropped. But that's fantasy. You're not going to hit on every single pick, especially those late round ones. So you might as well shoot for the fences. Yeah, I like. I fully agree there. And uh, going through my team as well, we got the goat himself, newly Tampa Bay Buck this offseason in Tom Brady, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and Austin Eckler. Like literally a perfect turn that's, in my opinion. You that is the did dream. what I did because that's <laughs> I didn't compare Clyde Edwards-Helaire to Austin Eckler, but he was almost my comparison for Austin Eckler. Or sorry, I didn't compare Austin Eckler to Clyde Edwards. I can't. I, I can't speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying in terms of value, man, those are top, two top six PPR running backs. Two oh, top yeah, seven you might PPR get 180 receptions out of those two guys combined. Plain and, plain and simple. I fully agree there. Uh, wide receiver court is a little lacking, but I'm perfectly fine with Stefan Diggs and Julian Edelman, especially given I got so RB heavy at the end of the draft. Mark Andrews, top three tight end, book it in ink. I mean, plain and simple. This guy is just an absolute freak, especially in half PPR, where the receptions aren't as weighted heavily. So guys like Darren Waller and uh zach Ertz aren't going to make up the difference with the reception totals i do think this guy if he's playing a full 16 games is gonna see a hundred and we'll say like given the jump uh in total passing events at the, i believe he had 98 targets last year he plays a full 16 and they do increase by as you mentioned 63 i believe pass attempts for a team that had less than 500 the year before say that holds true this guy's going to be seeking around 110 uh targets not even just that. that, man. Defensive coordinators are smart. I know Lamar Jackson's a fucking freak of nature, and he like re- regular rules don't apply to Lamar Jackson. But defensive coordinators, year over year, they figure shit out. Like they might figure out how to how to stop Lamar on the ground a little bit more than they did last year, and he might just be forced to throw a bit more. Like it's happened in two playoff games now. 100%. Teams are being able to to see that Lamar, the best way to beat Lamar is to keep him in the pocket. And I mean that's a lot easier said than done. But if he yeah. does 
throw 520, 530, 40 pass attempts this year, Mark Andrews is going to get 120, 130 yeah. targets. And he yeah, like, might even be better than the tight end three. Mark Andrews, realistically, outside of the top two uh, tight ends, obviously, universally, and Kelsey and Kittle, I do think he is the next guy who has a potential tight end one overall type upside, given the offense that he is in. And, yeah, so, especially because he, he has yeah. the touchdown upside that can push you into that tight end one range, similar to what we saw from Eric Ebron a couple of years ago when he had 13 touchdowns. Mark yeah. Andrews has that kind of upside. I, fu- I fully agree there. So uh, going through the rest of the team, my two flex spots, I do have the two rookies and Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Uh, on my bench, a, mix, a mixture between upside and stability, I do have Deontay Johnson, Golden Tate, Boston Scott, Chris Herndon, Deshaun Jackson, LaVisca Chanel, Steven Sims, and to round up my bench, the ultimate flyer in Bryce Love. So definitely like how that team's looking. I didn't get the greatest grade because uh, Fantasy Pros does weigh uh, wide receivers heavily in their algorithm as we've seen in the past multiple times. But uh, I definitely like how that team turns out. Again, as we said at the beginning of the video, I wouldn't advocate for strictly sticking to one strategy or another. Just take the best possible value in terms of your tiers uh, in your draft. And if you guys haven't already, that draft guide that we have available for you guys, link in the description, is going to help you see those tiers uh, beautifully when you are on the clock in your home league. So definitely definitely excited for that. Make sure you go check that out again. Uh, Super, super cheap. Uh, Corey, take it away because I know you love talking about it as well. Yeah, a lot of lot of information packed into that, along with the rankings. You'll get bus sleepers, um, rookie like rookie articles. If you want to check those out, when we release those early in May, um, those are really informative as well. A lot of uh, video content that's been uploaded on there. Also, make sure you guys uh, join the Discord. I know the link was broken for a while, but we got that fixed up for you. Discord's popping. We're getting new members in there all the time. Uh, the season's approaching guys. It's, I mean, it's Tuesday when you're listening to this, there's nine days until the season starts. So like I, nine days until Clyde Edwards Solaire goes hand bone in the first game. It'll be awesome. So, um, without further ado, guys, uh, take it easy and enjoy your Tuesday. Peace out y'all.